book in God's Word. Ironically, the only book in the Bible where the name of God is never mentioned. And yet, how many of you know he's all over the book? And so we've themed it. Say it with me. God is what? Say it again. God is what? No, 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 no. Say it like you mean it. God is what? How many know he's working? Sure he is. The songwriter said, even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel you, you're working. You never, you never, you never stop what? Working. Now here's where we start plummeting spiritually when we forget that. And we start walking by sight, not by faith. And we go, nothing's happening. I'm still in debt. That person's still getting on my nerves. That situation has not moved. That thing has not changed. That plan is still in place. That prayer is still on the list. And we forget just because stuff doesn't seem to be moving doesn't mean that God's not working. Chapter number 9, verse number 1. First word. Talk to me. Listen to me. Now it's coming. Now in the 12th month. That is the month Adar. On the what day? 13th day of the same. Right? Right? 13th day of the same what? Same month. You know, good to read the Bible if you don't know what it means. When the king's commandment and his decree drew what? To be put in what? All right. One thing to make a law is nothing to enforce it. Amen. In the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, parentheses, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. We'll talk about this in a minute. Because you know good and well You've gotten word that something was going to happen, but you, you really don't believe it till it does. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. I like this phrase. To lay hand on such as sought their hurt. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> that means to hurt somebody that was trying to hurt me. And no man could withstand them. For the fear of them fell upon all people. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and officers of the king helped the Jews. Because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. Look at verse 4 quickly. For Mordecai was great in the king's house. And his fame went out through all the provinces. For this man, Mordecai, like this phrase, waxed what? Greater and what? Wow. Let the church say amen. Amen. Father, I thy blessing to the reading of your word. We want to learn it as you've given it to us. Because it is only when we learn it that we can live it. Now help us. Every time we open this book, you're helping us. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. 
The sequence of this story is amazing. We come to chapter number nine, and God has turned things around. I wonder if there's a church member or two in the building tonight who knows what it is to feel God turn things around. Hmm. And here it happens. It's a long time coming. It's, it's, it's a developing story. It's one that you and I have begun together with many twists and turns. There were moments it looked bad. There were, there were times it looked like it wasn't going to work out. There were situations when it looked like the enemy was winning and those that served God were losing. Come on, somebody identify with me tonight. There are times in your life where it looks like the good guys are losing and the bad guys are winning. Do I have a witness tonight? And you're right there in the middle of it. It's one thing to be watching a movie when that's happening. this is happening. It's another thing to be living it. And this is what we, you and I are watching in the book of Esther, what we're living in 2023, where it ebbs and flows. And we begin this story where these, these Jews are not in their homeland. They're, they're facing a unique situation, and, and it's going to very quickly take a turn for the worse, not to their benefit, but to their detriment and yet in the midst of all this foolishness listen to me this is not a christian land this is not a godly ruler this is not some place where the name of god is exalted this is a heathen ruler this is leadership that is anti-god anti-god's people they are promoted haman gets in charge he puts a target on the back of god's people in an effort to annihilate not just one man but a whole entire race of people. This is, what, this is what Haman is trying to do. He successfully gets the law passed. He's got the king standing behind him. He's got gallows built to destroy Mordecai. Esther is in the palace. She finds out what's happening. She's got a chance to go before the king. And by the way, she doesn't think she just has a chance to change things. She just has, just has access to the king. Who knows what he will say, but she's the only one that can get to the king. I wonder if there's a Christian in the building tonight who's representing someone else's life to the king. What's happening in your prayer closet, what's happening between you and God, is what determines the survival of some. Do you have somebody on your prayer list that your prayers are going to usher in their salvation? Somebody's bird. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about somebody who circumstantially does not have access to the king like you do. Listen to me. Esther going before the king wasn't just for her. It was for people. May God give us on a Wednesday night in the month of June some people who are willing to go where somebody else can't go so that somebody else can be saved. Hmm. Whose life are you saving through your appeal to the king? And there she goes, and, and you know the story. We'll not go back and preach it, but she gets into him. She gets access to him, and he says whatever you want. She invites him to a banquet and invites him to another banquet. And, and, and eventually she tells on Haman, and, and Haman gets the tide turned on him. Now, some of you are in the building where that has not happened in your life yet. You are still under the decree of evil people. And I've come to tell you this night this day that our God is at work and eventually things going to turn around. I believe it. 
And you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. That's why you need to come to church. Say it again. That's why you need to come to church. You need somebody speaking something different than what your flesh is speaking to you. You need somebody telling you something different than what you're beating your mind up about all the. You need somebody to give you something. You need somebody, Hebrews chapter 10, to provoke you to love and good works, to exhort you one another more and so much the more as you see that you need to get under some kind of preaching. You need to shake somebody's hand. You need to see somebody with the joy of the Lord, somebody fighting the devil and winning, somebody else on the winning side to remind you that that mess you've been rehearsing in your mind is not the real deal. Listen to me. What's going on down here is not reality. What's going on up there is reality we are citizens of heaven and the quicker we get our mind off of here and up there the quicker we can do something for God and so here we are coming to the end now we spent several weeks talking about what I called the the enacted punishment this is when what was supposed to happen to to the Jews was now coming around to to the enemies and then the effective proclamation Last several weeks, we talked about the king putting it into law, putting it into law. Listen, they got in trouble because Haman got something put into law that was against them. Now, God's going to deliver them by leading the king to put something in law that helps them. Now, some of you say, yeah, I know that laws help us if they're on our behalf, but we don't control the laws. But guess what? The king parts in the hand of the Lord. Huh? As the rivers of water... He turneth it, next three words, whithersoever he will. Watch this now. Here's what the, here's what the, Bible, writer, the, the Bible writer is saying. God controls the king, and God can turn the king however he wants to. Your boss, your neighbor, your oppressor, those perpetrating, those trying to hurt you, those trying to destroy you, your haters, your liars, your persecutors, your bad. They keep lying and people keep believing them. Listen to me. God can turn their lies into foolishness. He's working behind the scenes. Tonight we enter chapter 9. Let me, let me give you a few thoughts before we dismiss tonight. And this is what I call the experienced position. The experience, now, now, now here's, here's what I want you to get. When we get to chapter 8, in essence, what the Jews are looking forward to is by way of expectation. In other words, the king says, the law that was set to kill you, I'm changing it. Here's my ring. Mordecai, write the law you want to, the way you want to write it, and I'll sign my name on it, and we will put a law into practice. And the day that was set for your destruction will instead be the day that is set for your deliverance. Somebody say amen. But this is all prospect. This is all prospect. This is all expectation. This is all anticipation. This is all the Jews saying, okay, the king changed the law. The king changed the law. Have you ever crossed your fingers? I know we, we're supposed to be Christian. We, supposed to be, we shouldn't be crossing our fingers. We should be bending our knees. But we do it. And we say, they, 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 they said on this day they're going to give it to me. They said on this day they're going to, they say this is going to happen, but I'm crossing my fingers because I, I know they said it, but, but I won't believe it till it actually happens. Well, chapter 9 is when expectation turns into experience. That's what God working does. 
He takes what begins as an expectation and turns it into an experience. That's why I like the first word in verse number nine, now. Say it with me, now. Come on, come on, say it with me, now. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Some Christians can't be faithful to God because they're so busy looking at later, they don't ever think later's become now. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, eventually later is going to become now. Hallelujah. (laughs) When? That's not your business. When? I don't know. When? 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 Galatians chapter 6, in due season. In due, when is due season? Due season is when the only one who knows when due season should be decides when due season is. And the only one who's at today and yesterday and tomorrow at the same time is the only one who can determine due. Now, I'm trying to ask you a question tonight. Come on now. Do you believe that God is always right? Do you believe that God is always good? Do you believe that God is everywhere? Do you believe that God can do anything? Do you believe that God has all power? Do you believe that God never changes? Do you believe that God is eternal? Do you believe that God's the creator? Do you believe that God is righteous? Do you believe that God is just? Do you believe that God is merciful? Do you believe that God is gracious? Do you believe that God is on time? Do you believe that God knows what he's doing? Do you believe that God is experienced? Do you believe that God has all power in his hands? then do you believe that God has the right to determine when due season is? Then stop asking. Just trust him. God is too good to be unkind. God is too wise to be mistaken. So when you don't understand, when you can't see his plan, you can't trust his hand, trace his hand, trust his heart. Amen. Amen. So here's the experienced position. Now in the 12th month. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I want you to picture the Jew waking up on the 12th month, 13th day. You say, I don't really know how the Jew would feel. He feels about like the fourth, four-year-old on Christmas Day. It's here. It's here. It's here. Hey, hey, hey. How, how many of you know that the gift wrapped under the tree is expectation? The gift being opened is experience. Preach, Pastor. <laughs> Now, you got to look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. I wonder what it is. I can't wait till Christmas comes. Hey, hey, listen, listen. Every, every married man who got married within the last five years had a talk with God. Jesus, I want you to come back as soon as possible, but please let me get married first. I mean, I, I, is it wrong for me to want Jesus to wait on the rapture until I get married? Yes, it's wrong, but go ahead, ask forgiveness for it, all right? Expectation. Counting down the days, experience now. Expectation later, experience now. Expectation the gift wrapped, experience the gift open. Listen, here's the problem. If you don't have faith, then you don't have the stamina to wait it out from expectation to... Here's the problem. Too many Christians have already jumped ship by the time experience comes because expectation wasn't tangible enough to wait on. Years ago, we had this blizzard and, and we were staying in the house and the kids were younger and the power went out and we, you know, this house, good size and it was cold and it was dark and we were all up in there in the room and we got candles going and it wasn't too bad at first and then we started getting cold and then we we're shivering and we all underneath blankets and 
and I got in the car to try to drive out and go to dad and mom's house, and the, the truck got stuck a little bit out the, drive, out the garage, so I drove the truck back in. The, I don't even know if I could get the truck back in the garage. The snow was so deep, so I thought, we, we, we stuck in the house. We can't leave. We can't walk to mom and dad's house. Dad couldn't leave the house. There was so much snow on his driveway. He couldn't get out the house to get to us. He had power, but he didn't have a way out. Uh, we had a way out, but too much snow. We're stuck in the house, no power, no lights, no, no heat. We're stuck in there, and, and finally... Finally, somebody walked past dad's house and in the middle of the night and said, you need your, your, your driveway shovel. They shoveled enough room to let him drive his truck down the driveway. He drove over to our house, couldn't come down our driveway. We have this long driveway, so I've got to walk the kids out, walk one out all the way to his car and walk back and walk the next one out, walk the, walk the car seat out and walk my wife out and then, and, and, and then walk back and then walk my, no, I didn't walk back. <laughs> I walked myself out and finally we got there and I was like, oh, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. We jumped in the car, jumped in mom and dad's house. Oh, lights, heat, food, people, you know. <laughs> got up the next day and went back home to, to go to the house to grab some things. And I could tell when I pulled onto the road that the power was on because I could see certain neighbors with the lights. So I pulled up and I, and I saw the neighbor right beside us going to get some things out of the house. Is the power on? He said, yeah, the power's on. I said, when did the power come on? You know, I found out 10 minutes after we left. <laughs> now, there's no, no way of knowing that. But sometimes working so hard to get out of the place that God has you is a whole, hard, whole lot harder if you just wait because change is around the corner. Listen to me. Don't leave the place of obedience and miss now because you couldn't hang out during later. Faith is, only, faith is the only thing that provides the stamina for stability and stick to it. Twelfth month, Adar, thirteenth day. When the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put that we're getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. It's, getting, it's about time to put the king's decree in action. The day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power. Remember, this was the day the enemies wanted to kill him, though it was turned. The day that, can you imagine some of them Jews thinking, I know the decree has supposedly changed, but somehow I'm a little bit nervous that we might wake up and those enemies still kill us. That's why you got to believe God. Amen. Here's what I call the fateful arrival. F-A-T-E-F-U-L. Fateful arrival. Listen, fate is coming around the corner for those who are enemies of God. And somebody in this building has got to say amen to that. There's a lot of enemies of God. I said Sunday, nobody more persecuted than Christians. I said nobody more persecuted than Christians. And listen, just mark your calendar. Sometimes your Christianity will be persecuted by other Christians. Preach, pastor, because the closer you are to God exposes their distance from God. So now they're mad at you because you make them look bad because you love Jesus. And the more you love Jesus, the more it makes it apparent that they don't. Uh Uh-oh, now I'm really going to get in your business. Sometime 
even those people that are persecuting your Christianity who happen to be other professing Christians also happen to be kin to you. That's why Jesus said, no man that hateth not his father, his mother, his wife, his brethren, his life also cannot be lost. Because you, you're going to have to find out whether blood is thicker than principle. Amen. Now all of a sudden, they're criticizing you because they don't like your Christianity. And they, watch this now. And they got you nervous. And here's what you're thinking. I know what God said, but it feels like just maybe they might win. I know the decree's been turned. I know it's on paper. That's, that's where we are. I know what the Bible says. You quote it all the time. To just to live by faith and no temptation take you, but such as common to man. God is faithful, who are not suffering to be tempted above that you're able. But will the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be to bear? He will not put more on me than I can. His grace is sufficient. His word is enough. Being confident this very thing that he was about to come to good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Oh, I've been there in, the, in 60,000 feet in the air. And it's the, 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 the plane just, and I'm saying that you will not put more on me than I can bear. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Something happened when I call the name Jesus but how many times do I have to call it because ain't nothing happening and why are we still boom 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 and the pilot comes on and I said thank the Lord and he says we're going to be in this turbulence for 30 more minutes I said that ain't just something I wanted to happen I'm telling you listen to me church just because you're saying the right words doesn't mean you're doing the right things here they are yes yes Here it comes. Here it comes. The king finally changed the law. And this is the day we were supposed to die. And instead, we're going to kill. So we think. So what happens? Faithful arrival. Verse number two. Focused assembly. The king said, The law changed in our benefit. Come on now. Who determines the law? The king. Come on now, talk to me. Who determines the law? And the law is determined by what the king writes down. Come on now. The law is written down, sealed with the king's name. That makes the law official. Here we are, a group of people has a law that's been signed by the king and thereby official, and yet there's still something in their mind that says, well, it's supposed to be our day, but it might not be our day. Listen to me, Christian. You're never going to be a good Christian unless you are willing to take what the king wrote down and sign in his name as credible. Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect. Oh, I love thy law. It is my meditation. This book of the law should not depart. Listen, listen to me. If Ahasuerus' law stands, then please tell me something about God's law. So here's the focus assembly. We're going to gather. We're going to gather. We're going to get. We're going to assemble based on the king's law. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. You better learn to let your actions be determined by God's word. We, we, we're going to show up at the spot because the king said something good's going to happen today. Hey, that's why I come to church. 
because the king said, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Listen, listen, I don't come to church because the weather looks good. I don't come to church because I feel like it. I don't come to church because my friend's going to be there. I come to church because God said something good's going to happen when you come to church. And I've learned enough about God to know I can take him at his word. That's why you get him reading every day. You've got to be principally oriented. Hmm. So here's the focus to assembly. They gathered themselves together, verse 2, almost finished, in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Hazarus to lay hands on such as sought their hurt. What, what are they coming to do? We, we, we are coming to deal with the people that were trying to hurt us. A few chapters a late, few chapters earlier, the Jews have sackcloth and ashes on and are fasting for God to move. Oh my goodness, what a difference a few chapters make when God is on the move. Now in chapter number nine, instead of hiding and worried about who's going to kill them, they're showing up to lay hands on the people that thought to do them hurt. Isn't it good when the people of God can get together and win? Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Look at what it says. And no man could withstand them. Did you see this? No man could withstand them. We, we, we see a faithful arrival, a focused assembly. Watch this now. A fierce assault. No man could withstand. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, there's New Testament correlation to all of these principles. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Greater is he, 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are on the winning side. Listen, James chapter 4. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen to me. Let me just give it to you. Give it to you straight. When you are right with God, nobody's wrong can knock, can knock you down. Righteousness empowers one to defeat wrong. You're working so hard trying to beat your enemies. You better work hard trying to obey your king. Resisting the devil is pointless if it's not first preceded by submission to God. You are powerless against the devil if you're not submissive to God. You can't tell nobody what to do unless you first letting God tell you what to do. So it's a fierce assault. Notice there's, there's, a, there's a fearless association. The Bible says, and fear of them fell upon all the people. A fearful association. Now watch this now. These are foreigners in a land that doesn't belong to them. With a king who's not related to them. With a God that's not even recognized in the land. And yet God has done so much work on the behalf of the Jews that everybody that's from there is scared. Listen, you hang around God long enough. You have people scared of you in, your, in their own hometown. You, you run around scared all the time. I'm worried about what people going to do to me. I'm worried about how people going to conquer me. L listen, child of God, you stop living in fear when God is your father. Amen. Somebody say amen. 
Stop being afraid to stand on biblical principles. Stop being afraid. The world doesn't want tolerance. The world wants acceptance and advocacy. Listen to me, child. You don't have the right to accept sin if God is your father. You don't belong to yourself. You don't have the right to entertain a positional change when God is God. He sets your position. He didn't ask your opinion. You don't have the right to agree with abortion and homosexuality and not. You don't have a position. Your position is God's position. Amen. Stop being scared. You, you, you know, you, you know, he, he didn't say to get up there and come up with something to say. He said, when you get up there, I'll tell you what to say. Come on, let's have church. Let me close. Fear came upon them. Verse number three, and then I'm done. Full-fledged assistance. <laughs> Verse three. All the rules of the province, lieutenants, deputies, officers of the king help the Jews. What? <laughs> you, come on. Do you read your Bible? Because if you don't, you're missing out. I just started over for 2023. I was in Genesis 12 this morning. I'm starting over for the second time this year in, in the Bible. And I tell you what, it just gets gooder and gooder. <laughs> the king signed a decree to destroy them because Haman convinced him to. Esther reveals what Haman did. God turns his heart. Now the king lets Mordecai write the decree sets the date. Now the date comes that was originally their destruction date and it changes to their deliverance date and all of the people that were originally assigned by the king and Haman to destroy the Jews are now willingly helping the Jews destroy their enemies. I wish I could borrow an amen. What are you afraid of? I'm going to submit to you, and we'll come back to it next week. I'm going to submit to you. Not next week. we got vacation Bible school. One of these weeks when Jesus don't come, we're going to come back to this. I submit to you that most Christians are living in fear of their enemies because they're not right with their God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you don't have much confidence in God backing you up when you spent much of your time not backing him up. All of a sudden, God is turning everything around. Everything. It's one thing for the king to say, you know what, I'm on your side now. And, and a few other people say, the Bible says all oh, the deputies, lieutenants, oh, everybody working for the king. How in the world is this happening? They were all holding forks and knives ready to eat Jew. And now in Esther chapter 9, they all show up. Remember, the Jews are showing up to destroy their enemies. Isn't it nice when you come to fight, when a whole bunch of people you didn't think were on your team came to volunteer to help you? Who, who y'all getting today? We getting them good. We getting them with you. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It pays to live for God. Amen. You listen to me tonight? It pays to live for God. And by the way, what I'm thinking about, 
It costs when you don't. Huh? It pays to live for God. And it costs. You can, get, you can hook up with everybody on planet Earth and get everybody who's somebody on your side. The problem is the one somebody who can control everybody is Almighty God. And if he's not on your side, you're in big time trouble. You can have everybody who's somebody against you. But if the one person who controls everybody is on your side, all he has to do is turn the heart of everybody who's somebody because he's truly the only someone who's anybody. And he is working, right? Where? Behind the scenes. Let the church say amen. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Working in us and through us. For the people of God that are going through something now. I pray that they would be encouraged from the word. And motivated. To keep believing. I, I don't know what folks are going through. Some, some of it I do, but. Most of it we're facing, we face alone. But really the battle is won between us and you. It's where we stand with you that determines what you will do with our enemies. Help us to channel more energy in obeying you than we do in fighting others. After all, the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. We love you. We bless you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God the praise for being in church tonight. We thank you. Thank, thank you so much for being here. And I trust the service blessed you.